Today's Movie Lovers United's podcast episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We decided to partner up with BetterHelp because we know that therapy can help save lives, as well as help with mental health. And BetterHelp will help you find the right therapist for you, without waiting in a doctor's office. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Movie Lovers Unite. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash MovieLoversUnite. That's BetterHelp.com slash MovieLoversUnite. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Fair, Fair Street Book Club, Hannah with me. Say hello to everybody. Hey there. <laughs> and tonight, we're actually going to be doing our Fair Street movie review. We actually, Tamara and I from Two Blur uh, Girls podcast did our Fair Street for 1976 and also for 1994 but Hannah wasn't able to join us or anything like that the first go around or anything. Luckily, we ended up deciding to go on ahead and do 1666 tonight for give some people a chance to actually catch up with it. If you guys haven't got a chance to catch up also to give Hannah some time to actually give us some of her thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, Tamara will be here shortly. She's just running a little behind and everything, but that's okay. Um, she's actually part of the two blood girls podcast. So let's go on ahead. But further ado, let's go on ahead and get into this. So, What's your first initial thoughts whenever it comes down to Fear Street and stuff like that? Did you feel like in 1994 that they actually captured the moments and everything that that needed to be captured for it to actually feel and look like a Fear Street book um, book slash movie that came to life? Right. Um, I loved when the movie first started out, you know, and the the set, the mall. Um, Everything about it, I had good vibes about it. And I, you know, I do think that they did a great job setting the overall vibe for the year 1994. Um, I Yes, things were over the top sometimes or it's a little too much. But, like, that's so common, I feel like, in just film today that try to recreate a different era you know what i mean it's always going to go a little over but like i still enjoyed that um some of the like music kind of seemed a little over the place at sometimes but overall i did really like the vibe of the first movie um i didn't feel like it was super fear street um i would have loved some more easter eggs in there some more references you know 
you know, the main character's named Dina and Dina is one of my favorite characters from the book's wrong number, but it's not the same Dina. And I'm like, why can't we just have like some, at least a character that we know from the books, you know, something like that. Right. And we didn't get that at all, but that's okay. I liked the original storyline and I think that it was paced out very well in the first book. Um, great kill scenes in the first book. I think all three of them, but like, I was in it. I was yelling at the TV like, oh, my God, like the head <laughs> through the bread slicer and stuff like I was all about it. Um, <laughs> but um, I saw. Yeah, I liked the cast um, for the most part. Unfortunately, the main character, Dina, I just have issues with her like Cons like consistent i just never end up loving that character and i don't ever love like the romance relationship between her and sam i just feel like the actresses just didn't have great on-screen chemistry and mm. so it just lack lacked that a little bit for me with that like their relationship being such a driving force in all three of the movies you know or just the storyline right. all together i just wasn't like super rooting for them <laughs> um but i sam i warmed up to her a little bit more but not dina <laughs> you see you see um uh, you know tamara and i we both liked like them and everything together and stuff like that a lot of people have definitely felt feel the same way that you do to be honest with you there mm -hmm. are people out there that didn't like the chemistry between dina and uh sam at all they they felt like that was very forced and stuff yeah. like that and also too didn't really feel like that there was any characters to really root for in this and stuff except like that. that died except for all the characters well, that die <laughs> well there was also josh You're like josh. i would have been okay if dina died but no josh <laughs> right. josh for sure like that is a character to root for and he played a huge part and i loved every part that he played it was he did great that was a great he definitely character. did a good job that uh, that kid actor definitely did what he had to do and everything yeah. he was believable to be a geek inside the 90s and everything being downstairs oh, doing aol yeah. listening yes. to rob zombie heavy metal and things like that that was just that that was me pretty much as a kid as a teenager <laughs> <laughs> So. I loved that. I loved that. I loved his little, you know, fortress down in the basement. And it played such good every time he was there was such a great scene, too. Like even at the end of 94, when Sam, you know, and Dina are like it's the end of the movie. The end of the first movie is like one is one of my favorites. Like scenes are just things that happen is when they think it's all done, but then Sam just goes batshit crazy and then they get, she stabs Dina and it's just so intense. And then the whole time it's like flashing back and forth and you see Josh just playing, playing his games or on instant messenger, whatever he's doing. And I just like, he's going to die. Sam's going to get him or whatever. <laughs> like it's a great scene. And I did really like just his whole vibe. And anytime they showed like his little, fortress like it always played a really cool part in the movie i felt like same here it gave you the vibe of someone that studies horror and things and crime scenes investigations in their own town and then also to talking to somebody that has the kind of the same hobby as he does talking about different crime scenes and investigating the scenes then also too you also have him playing video games and things like that and yes i was actually on the edge of my seat because i'm like oh is he gonna die because of the fact that 
Sam winds up being possessed, and he, and of course we see Dina struggling with her mm-hmm. and everything as they're fighting. So I was wondering if you know if Josh was gonna wind up dying, and I'm like, okay. So once I saw what they're going with Josh, I'm like, no, I can say maybe he might be safe, but at the same time, I do feel some sense of danger whenever it came down to some of his scenes, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think they were gonna kill off that character, but I loved that there were moments where you just didn't really know. I just feel like really in most of the, well, yeah, I guess the first and second, there's not, the third one's so much different than the first and second, but you could have predicted some of the kills or who was going to die, but sometimes I was surprised. Like I just didn't expect it, but. Same here. I was expecting maybe some, some more of the kids actually surviving to be honest with you, but at the same. Because I was thinking, okay, maybe they might save the the kid who was actually addicted to selling pills and stuff like that. He might actually mm-hmm. be safe. And then all of a yeah. sudden, out of nowhere, he winds up getting an axe to the head. So that was just something that surprised me. And it was something yeah. that cut, catches you off guard. Because, you know, he's trying to apologize to Josh because the girl that he likes winds up dying. And at that moment that's when he lets his guard down and that's when he gets the ax to the head, which is really a brutal scene. <laughs> it, <laughs> as is. Well. it is. Some of those kill scenes, the set, it, I struggled in this, <laughs> in the 78. Is that the year? I think. Yeah. Um, 1976. When Cindy and, uh, Ziggy, you know, are getting like slashed next to each other, just like laying on the ground. But like the the sounds and then just the acts of like Cindy just repeatedly. I was just like, okay, that's enough. That's enough chopping. This is just a little too much. Yeah, it was a little bit of an overkill. I'm like, dude, the person's <laughs> dead. Go ahead, make your yeah. kill and make your exit. Jason doesn't <laughs> do this that long. <laughs> I get exactly. what you're trying to do. I'm pre- I get what you're trying to do, but dude, he's dead. I was it's even screaming much. at the TV, especially when he ends up taking the axe and killing that little kid, that kid at the camp, and he's over there just wailing on his head. I'm like, yes. dude, he's dead. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I know the killing, like technique or something of the of Tommy you know what did they end up calling that killer the night killer I, just, I don't, don't know they end really... up calling him but it's Tommy um right. I call he... him the baghead killer or something but yeah <laughs> the camp killer right. he is all over the place like he goes insane with some and then just like a slice like just a chop your head off here, but then like that one with the kids who are in one of the cat like places. I don't remember which one for capture the flag or something. You don't mm-hmm. see that scene, I don't think, but it's when Nick Good, you know, young Nick Good is like right. searching and he goes into that place and there's just body limbs. Like cho- like he chopped these bodies into pieces. I was like, you're all over the place with your killing methods here. Right, it's like they didn't know which direction they wanted to go. Right, unpredictable. Oh, camera's in. Hey, Tamara. Hi. 
<laughs> I love your connect hey, collection in the background. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I have my own little coll collection right here. These are all I have. Love it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I feel like sometimes with that 1978 thing where you know, Tommy's wind up killing the kid and everything. Uh, Tamara and I talked about that a little bit last week. Remember where we feel like there was a little bit of an overkill. We're like, dude, he's not going anywhere. He's yeah. Dead. Cause it yeah. was just like the ax just like kept going and going. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> he he's gone. Tommy, you, you can stop now. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> Move on to the next exactly. one. Yes. He's a child, Tommy. He's just a child. No. <laughs> yeah. But uh overall though, I thought, you know, some of the other stuff too was pretty good though as well. I mean the opening with nine inch nails, and then you also have uh the girl working at the bookstore, and then you have other little stores that you can remember from your childhood and stuff like that too, as being a mm -hmm. teenager. But yeah, um, I do feel like with Tommy, with the kills in 1978, was a little bit all, all over the place. But also, too, I felt like they could have actually done a little bit better with the kills. Actually had meaning into why he was actually going uh, ham on those kids as hard as he was. <laughs> because <laughs> there was no need to get, for him to go that crazy on the kid, no. to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I can remember, like, whenever he did that, it's just like, listening to that commercial whenever you see that commercial about the animals and you hear the song in the arms of the angels i'm just like why <laughs> i'm like why oh, all the kids yes oh, all, all the, the kids. kids i was like oh <laughs> it's kind of interesting to think about how the whoever becomes these killers mm. is because of the curse you know um mm -hmm. the witch or warlock picking those names and putting them on the stone and stuff but like i guess in a way people are still people and have different personalities and different like things inside of them so mm -hmm. what if it's just like this curse just turns whoever's name is chosen into like vamps up their craziness but it's still that person so they're kind of unpredictable like something's inside tommy that like is making him be this kind of killer you know but ruby mm -hmm. lane was like a, a blade or whatever mm -hmm. like they're not all killing the same way mm -hmm. they're just being themselves i guess as murderers. I don't yeah know. but it makes you question tommy <laughs> It definitely does. It really his does. His home life. What was his home life? It's like, <laughs> Tommy, know. It's like why did you choose an axe as your, what, your yeah. weapon? Yeah. So, yeah. It was just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely was. But I did like the whole entire position of possession part, though, where it was taking its time to build with Tommy. Yeah. Instead mm -hmm. of them going straight into it, I did appreciate that part. Mm -hmm. and everything i know that we mentioned that too uh, on the show though too tamra last yeah. week as well on that talking about that yeah yeah mm -hmm. but as far as 1666 goes you know uh, at first i'm like okay so this is where they're gonna go with it so i'm just gonna go with it because now you're dealing with the kids from 1994 being in the past mm -hmm. you know right. 
but you know, I just feel like, in a sense, though, I thought maybe we might actually see Sarah Fair as an adult and everything, and going through the things that she was going through and stuff like that at that time. Having the kids in there threw me off just a little bit, mm-hmm. but I felt like it served its purpose in a sense. But I, I just wanted to see, okay, maybe that they're inside these other grown-ups and everything, and they're just playing these grown-up roles and stuff like that. So that's what I played off of. Mm-hmm. But another thing, though, too, is before we get into 1666, we also, we forgot to mention about the janitor and everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. That's okay. It's baby K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to daddy. Yeah, I love the end. <laughs> that the the janitor in the first movie I didn't I remember thinking like why do they keep showing this guy like he surely he's gonna play a role later and I I loved the role he ended up playing is perfect me too because I was thinking at first I'm like okay is this gonna be like one of those one and done kind of roles where we just see the janitor and goes away mm-hmm. but then when you see him at the sheriff's department and then you see Josh handing him he goes hey man hey help me out so he goes on and he gives him a paper clip to pick the uh, lock out of the handcuffs and everything. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I thought that scene was hilarious. I love the janitor. I love the janitor. Me too. <laughs> the janitor is probably one of my favorite characters on here, aside from Josh. Uh-huh. And also, too. Um, of course, Dana and, uh, and uh, Sam is also another one of my favorites as well. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, um, I thought the chemistry between Josh and him actually worked where there was like a little bit of a connection there and he play, and it plays out in 1666 as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that made me... Um, so anyways, we wind up seeing them in 1666, like I said before, and this time they're actually having to give birth to a pig and stuff like that. And then they're also talking in an English accent. It has this vibe and I as the with the crucible with Winona Ryder a little bit because mm-hmm. of the fact that you have witches dancing in the pale moonlight. And next thing you know, they're tri- putting them on trial for being a witch and everything. Yeah. So what did you guys think of 1666 and some of the stuff I said? I'll let you talk first, Hannah, since I came in last. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I thought I was going to hate this one when it was announced that they were going to make like three parts and then the third part was going to be in the year 1666. I was very frustrated. I was like, this is going to be awful. And it definitely, um, it was much better than I expected it to be. I was, I was glad that it didn't, I wasn't sure if it was just going to be the end, like all of 1666, you know, or if we were going to go back to 94 and then if we do how much. And so my, like the biggest thing that got me about 1666 is it just was so long to me. Like I even watched it for a second time last night and even watching it the second time, I was just like, was picking up all these like, things from when they're actually in the year 1666 that I was just like, this is just, not necessary information. So just for my personal preference, some people are really into, you know, period horror and that's just not my vibe, but my personal preference, I think they could have set, just told us the story of Sarah fear, told us the story of 1666 in like 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and then go to 94. And then we see the whole end play out. 
but it just felt to me like the 1666 version was just long so by the time we got to where it goes 1994 part two i was like oh yes and then i was like just ready for the movie to be over by then. <laughs> so I, I didn't enjoy all that stuff as much i enjoyed it much more the second time i watched it i picked up on so many more things the second time because the first time i was just like i can't believe this movie isn't over <laughs> so that's my personal opinion uh, <laughs> what do you think Tamara um, for me I just thought it was interesting on how she went back to the 16, um, 1666 because I was just like it's just crazy on how it all happened again because I thought that we was going to see Sarah Fear but like the actual person but not her playing as like her being Seraphir. So mm -hmm. when she went back in time, it just seems like Seraphir was trying to tell her, you're going to reenact as me so you can see the real truth and see what's really going on. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, I was like, oh, we're finally going to see about the witch and how she became a witch and all that stuff. And then when she was around all those people, I just thought it was interesting how all of the characters in 1666 kind of looked the same as the characters from 1994 and 1978. And I'm just like, are these the descendants? Because is the witch trying to kill the descendants of the people that killed her? Like, that's what my mind when I first watched mm. it. So that's how I, I thought about it. And I was like, yeah. huh, this is interesting. Okay, there's the guy who looks, it's Tommy. There's Tommy. He's the mm -hmm. killer in, um, in 1978. Hmm. Huh. He seems like he might be a descendant of Tommy. And then it's like, okay, what is going on? Is there a reason why the witch is just picking all these people? Is it because of their descendants from the 16th, um, 1666? What's like, what is this? And I was just like crazy on how, you know, they even had stuff about people being gay at the time and what will happen if you were, they caught you being a lesbian, they will kill you or they will hang you and say that you're a witch and everything. And I was just like, oh. So, yeah, that's how I thought about it when it first started. Because I, at first, I was like, okay, she, her dad, we finally see their father, which I thought it was funny that he was white and <laughs> Josh was black. And she was like, it was her. But I was just wondering, okay, is Josh adopted? <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's just the real daughter. <laughs> And that's her adopted brother. Like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so that's what I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, okay, he's adopted. He has to be adopted because she looks mixed. She looks mixed. Right. Mm -hmm. so. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think at first, I I don't know. I don't. I didn't really love that all of the cast of 1666 were cast it in the other movies um because at first i thought oh that's because like she's seeing the story so her mind's just like seeing these faces of people she knows but mm -hmm. then I'm, but no she doesn't know the people from the 1970s she wasn't born yet so she doesn't know what tommy looked like and she didn't know what you know sadie sink looked like you know ziggy is her name 
she didn't know what those people look like. So I was like, that's not why they chose the cast. I'm like, I think they just chose that cast to save money. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't, I wasn't 100% supportive mm. of that. <laughs> It's a fine. But, Some of them did really great in that role. And then some yeah. of them was like, whew, like, I know you guys like Dina. Okay. But like, I don't, but specifically in 1666, I just put it with the accents. I'm like, you guys are trying, you guys are trying, but right. Yeah. That's why you said the crucible. Cause like all right. the bad accents. Because the way I see it is this, if you can pull off an English accent, <sighs> do it. If you can't, don't try and force don't the accent. No. Winona Ryder, Winona yeah. Ryder. But yeah, <laughs> Winona Ryder is yeah. like, uh, like uh, Keanu Reeves and Dracula. Bram Stoker's oh. Dracula. That's oh. how bad his English accent was. He was trying to do it. He's like a surfer dude in a period in time <laughs> in Dracula. So, oh god. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So and my I also dude had problems with like because yeah, it's just unexplained. Then it's like mm -hmm. why did this cast and then and it just can't be explained. It's not because oh it was her yeah. vision or whatever. And then. And then even when it would flash and like see Sarah fear instead of Dina, you'd like see her face and she'd like say something. I'm like, that girl's great. Mm -hmm. I want to see her. Like I would have loved to see actual Sarah fear. But then also if Sarah fear was like showing this vision to Dina, then like how did Dina see what happened when Sarah died? I'm like she's dead. How do you know that they like picked up, her, like we saw like her friends like unbury her body and like re and then move it and rebury it and where it mm -hmm. was at and mm -hmm. like but like you wouldn't have Sarah didn't see that she was dead so mm -hmm. I was just like things aren't like 100% thought out through here but it's okay right. still made for a good movie <laughs> mm -hmm. another thing, though, there's also another thing we forgot to mention though too is at the end of 1976 as well where you want 78, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tamara. You're welcome. Sorry. No, no, no. It's cool. But yeah, in 1978, though, I'm not doing that right now. Um, so, sorry, my computer decided to go ahead and try and make me do something I don't want to do. Uh, so, anyways, um, basically, this is what I got. We forgot to do 1978, where basically what winds up happening is Nick Good winds up trying to do CPR on on a What's her name? Ziggy. 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 On Ziggy mm -hmm. and everything. And at first, I'm like, okay. And then I'll, I was like, dude, she's chopped up. She can't breathe. How are you? Yeah. I'm like, why are you going to do CPR on this girl? She's dead, dude. She's dead. Mm -hmm. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, she just pops up. I'm like, okay. So I'm just going to go with it. She did CPR to revive her. But the thing <laughs> is, is like well, right after I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that right after we watched 1666, we now sense. understand why and how he was able to bring her back. Because right. like you said, she got stabbed like how many times? Like, over seven. Yeah, seven over times. seven times. And her sister, of course, is dead and gone because Tommy like literally... She's ash. literally like mashed yeah. potatoes at this point. Pretty much. Because <laughs> yeah. it was just chopping her like right in the chest. I'm like, yeah, there's no way that 
Nick will be able to bring her back. You know, maybe he can. Yeah, he pins into that one. Yeah, maybe he can try, <laughs> but there's no way that he could do that. No. So he was like, okay, Ziggy, I'm in love with you, so I'm going to bring you back, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Definitely. That's, now I understand, like, because I did, I thought the same way. I'm just like, okay, she got stabbed how many times? She lost a lot of blood. How is he able to do CPR on her and brought her back? Exactly. And then also, too, um, I was also thinking at the same time, I'm like, okay, so if Ziggy dies, mm-hmm. maybe the sister winds up living, and that's the story that she's telling the kids in 1994. Once you get into the plot twist that it's actually Ziggy telling the story, you're like, okay, there's got to be something more to this than, than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But... But what do you think of uh, think of that though, Hannah, with the CPR and things like that? Well, I didn't. Uh, okay, so are you thinking that Nick was able to revive Ziggy through some other means, or like, are we really believing that he just did CPR to bring this? stabbed victim to life. <laughs> I think that he used his magic to bring mm-hmm. her back. Okay. That's what I think. Yeah, me too. Because that's I the only way. I about that. We, so we just didn't see it. But you think he did right. something. Because mm-hmm. it seems like he gave her, like, you know, the Snow White situation, like Snow White is just laying there and the prince yeah. came into her and gave her a kiss. That's mm-hmm. his his magic to bring her back. He kissed her and brought her back to life. Magic CPR. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like, okay. you're back. <laughs> I never thought about it. I didn't even question it. I was like, this is just as silly as believing that we can revive a drowned victim with EpiPens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, yeah. Yeah. I just went with it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's what you have to do. It's like, okay, we can't say anything about it. It's a movie. It's exactly. Right. There's no realism in this. It's no. just a horror movie. Nope. So <laughs> no. we're just going to go with it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but no, here's another thing, though, too. Solomon winded up becoming my favorite character in 1666 at first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, he was great. Yeah. Because all these other Until people are really bad. crappy towards Sarah mm-hmm. and towards Hannah and everything too. And I'm like, okay, so you actually have one good person out of this whole year in 1666 that is on her side mm-hmm. so that she can go to. I'm like, okay, I'm invested into his character. I want to see more of this character because mm-hmm. I'm intrigued with this character and you have motivation. When you have motivation, you have plot. But yeah, plot, you care about these characters and where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so much for Solomon and everything. I'm like, okay, you care about her. Let's see where this is going to play out. And especially when, you know, they're dancing in the pale moonlight and stuff like that. You see someone in the shadows. And I thought at first, I thought it was actually going to be Elijah behind the behind the woods. Because he had that vibe of, I'm going to... Sp- because I couldn't get with Hannah or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on ahead and spy on them and then rat them out the next morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You would think that. Yeah. That's what I thought too. I'm just like, that's slimy son. That's (laughs) sneaky guy being a perv watching two women making out. What the world? He still ends up being a (laughs) big ass. He winds up being a douche. Uh, a ball bag anyways but yeah he's still a douche he's like (laughs) I just call him a perv I'm like that perv (laughs) who's there (laughs) 
especially what he was trying to do though to them and when they were dancing in the woods and stuff mm-hmm. like that he just comes over there just starts failing up on her and everything like he's inside yeah, some dude. woods club or something and just yeah. like hey what's up i'm just gonna it's go like, on you're not even the one who took the berries you shouldn't <laughs> be so messed up exactly <laughs> you didn't even eat a berry chill out <laughs> Then also, too, you also have Hannah, who's actually a preacher's daughter. Yep. Who ha- mm-hmm. And she's also having to ch- hide her sexuality of who she is, who mm-hmm. she really is. So mm-hmm. that's even more scary in this time as well. And then the mother, of course, is just evil as anything as well, uh, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we've seen the outcome of that, especially when Sarah goes over there to visit her, visits her and everything after the, the day after uh, mm-hmm. whenever they make out and everything inside the woods, mm-hmm. and then you see the mother go, Oh, you brought her in here, that filth. And next thing you know, it she winds up throwing her out the door, mm-hmm, and yeah. everything. I'm like, Wow, <laughs> I was just like, Why wow. are you judging her so bad? Like, what in the world is going on? What does she do to you? It's <laughs> like, That's just crazy to mm-hmm. think that that's how like it was back then, with mm-hmm. just, you know pilgrimage and settlers and things it's just mm-hmm. like, people are just all if you get enough people to believe something next thing you know you could just get hanged yep that's There's the good no old Salem witchcraft reasoning right. like come on people think clearly yep. but it's like our fruits going bad it must be because these women are kissing kill them like it's what? just so insane <laughs> it's like kill the witches it's, it's they be witched her head <laughs> yeah it's like it's all like, around the pastor stop. cut out kids eyeballs so it must be these two lesbians fall over <laughs> yeah. they need to die yeah, just kill them God. We gotta hang him. Oh, it's why the witches threw the wa- the dog in the um well. She's tainted the water. She's a witch. <laughs> yeah. So like, many brutal things in 1666, mm-hmm. though. That is true. I mean, when they find the dog in the well, I just yes, the but the chapel scene with the uh preacher and the oh. kids. That is like I, it's awful, but it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes of the whole series of the whole trilogy. To be honest, it's just mm-hmm. done really well. Mm-hmm. It was creepy AF. So, like, I liked that part. So, there are definitely things that I thought like brought value mm-hmm. in 1666, mm-hmm. but there are obviously things that just could have done without. I think because. I was also a little bit just confused because Solomon's like the beginning of mm-hmm. this cult type thing that he creates that he passes down through his, you know, descendants. It starts with him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going in the future, it's like, you know, when someone's like been like written on the stone or whatever, because they start to like have bugs like flies fly around them mm-hmm. Did you know, like every time it's like there's bugs they're gonna be a bad guy um but like in 1666 it's so much more than that mm-hmm. it's like he didn't just write cyrus miller on the rock and then the pastor went crazy but like why is everybody's food rotten why is like they're a dead dog in the well why did the pig eat all of the piglets i'm just like there is insane things happening like mm-hmm. is it really just 
because did Solomon really make all those things happen when he like made this deal with the devil? This is mm -hmm. very confusing to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it made it cool, right. it made it more eerie, but mm -hmm. like not really explained. No, that's that's, that's, that's very true. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I thought it was very interesting because that scene when they went to the house, Sarah Fear saw the book and she was reading the book. And I'm like, oh, she's she's about to turn into the witch. In my mind, I was thinking that's how she became the witch. Uh, but all yeah. she did was just reading the spell and that was it. Me too. And Oh, I'm sorry. Go on ahead. No, I was just thought that you can go ahead. I just thought that okay. part was interesting. I was just like, okay, <laughs> what happened? Right. And here's the thing. I thought the same thing too because she mumbled a couple of things in the book mm -hmm. and things like that. And then the next day, everything's decayed. Everything is dying. Everything on this land is pretty much destroyed, and everything too. And I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, okay, just because she read that little part of the book, does that make everything decay? Make all that. Yeah. Right. And so I was questioning a few things, though, too, from motives and stuff. I'm like, eh, there's not enough to go on mm -hmm, or anything right. like that. We can speculate all day long and use our imagination, which is something I appreciate from a movie. But I want a little bit of ex explanation as to some of the mm -hmm. stuff that happens. Mm -hmm, and then yeah. also, too, why are you going to convict a girl that just lost her dog that's in the well? <laughs> why would she kill her yeah. own dog? Exactly. She's a witch. She's a lesbian. She's a witch. That's why. She hates <laughs> animals. She's 1666. That's what they do. <laughs> That's what we Wait. do. <laughs> why did you kill her? That's what's just what we do here. That's what they did. <laughs> She's a witch. <laughs> it was a sacrifice. Right. Yeah. She sacrificed um, the dog and the well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it is. It is. I liked that. I did like that storyline where I, it wasn't explained, but because there were all of these things happening in Union mm -hmm. um, that were like bad and evil and things like I even liked that moment when Hannah was like, maybe I am wicked, like maybe I am a sinner and maybe I'm causing all of or we are causing right. all of these things to happen. Mm -hmm. And then so because it's not super explained, I'm glad it was there because I could tell at the beginning of 1666 when they're in the woods and they have their little canoodling that like I was like, are they going to make this whole thing just about a romantic relationship between these two women? And I was angry about that, to be honest. I was just like, I just felt like we're trying too hard to be relevant by adding in this like same sex relationship. And then we're creating an entire like storyline based off of it. And I was not happy about it. But then once 1666 moved further and it's like, they weren't really like cast out and like hung just because of their relationship. It was because they thought that they or she had some kind of evilness in her that was causing all these things to happen to the land and caused mm -hmm. something to happen to the pastor and the kids and the food and mm -hmm. stuff like it was more just that these people saw crazy things happening because someone made a deal with the devil mm -hmm. and then they just assumed it was her really just because other people were like 
there. Like she's a troublemaker, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it necessarily had to just do with the lesbian relationship. It could have been anything that mm-hmm. they just pinned on her for like corrupting the pastor's daughter. And then yeah, it's right. like, oh, you're the evil thing that's happening. It's making mm-hmm. all this stuff happen. So I appreciated they put that stuff in there because Me too. I would have been mad if it was like, this is the only thing. It was all just because of this. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciated and, it. Right. You know, I was actually thinking the same thing, though, too, where it's like maybe Hannah feels responsible for it. And then once it was like they were in my head <laughs> because next thing you know, yeah. Hannah winds up saying what I'm thinking. And you can see right. that there's guilt and there's conflict with her sexuality. Mm-hmm. There's that. And she's like, am I really the cause? Am I the root behind the things that are going on in this? Mm-hmm, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, you need to stay out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but How I'm glad they that, did it. Though, because that night they had that interaction in mm-hmm. the woods. And then that morning is when she wakes up and her dad, that's her dad. Mm-hmm. Right. He's all weird and crazy. And it's like, I'd be kind of freaking out too, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, and then like, of course, I did they open something up the last Bible night again. that's kind of questionable, and mm-hmm. now this thing's happening. Maybe I'm the reason. Yeah, because there was dancing in the moonlight. They had berries, and she made out with Sarah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can see why she felt like it was her fault mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, of course, you know, that whole entire scene, like you mentioned, Hannah, though, too, with the preacher with the eyes gouged out mm-hmm. and everything. And then the uh, Josh is dead and everything, too. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that scene alone was brutal. But the cosmetics it, and the makeup is just awesome, though. Yeah. It was. It really I just thought was. it was interesting. Like, you just see, like, when they come in, you all see, like, the kids just, like, just sitting there. There's no movement. And you're just walking mm-hmm. in. And it's like, okay what is i was like oh in my mind i was like oh no oh no they're not moving they're not moving i only see the they're not even i would have been like oh no the kids are dead yeah but then like 30 seconds later it's like their eyes are gone like yeah right no that's too much and what's even worse their eyes was on the ground and he was just tapping with the what you call it? What was that thing that he used to gouge the eye? Yeah, it was like a yeah. hook when he did it. I'm just like, oh I think that goodness. like you could, they could create, have created an entire movie off of just that pastor mm-hmm. being some kind of like villain because that was some creepy stuff. Like, yeah, definitely. Creepy. Yeah. Um, I w- was, I mean, how, how did you guys? what was your ending like i don't know satisfaction or how did you feel with the twist of it being solomon of it being this like this like lineage thing of like i sacrificed this so my family can have good fortune and we can thrive in the world like Mm how did you feel about that um for me i guess now i got a better understanding on why the curse didn't end because they um they had Sarah Fierce hand and they was trying to bury it back where they be- where it belonged but all of a sudden when they did that it was still happening and the only and the only reason why is because she really wasn't the witch the witch mm-hmm. was somebody else I'm just like oh now I get it now I understand because that was like a big big twist for me because yeah. I'm like hold up Nick 
it was Nick all along. And that's when all of a sudden I got that. It was Agatha all along song in my head. It was just basically just changing from Agatha to Nick. It was Nick all along. And I was just like, I just felt so bad for Ziggy. I really, really did. Because he was the one that did all the killings at the camp. He was the one that picked Tommy to kill those kids and her sister at the camp. And I knew Ziggy was pissed. Oh, she was pissed. But I'm glad that she was able to do what she had to do. Me too. Actually, Me too I'm I'm glad that she got the revenge on it because I would have I probably would have been overkilled with it. But you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. another thing though, too, is with Nick as well. Mm-hmm. He was there for Ziggy, just like how he was there for Sarah. Yes. And everything. He just shows up in the nick of time. It's like hair. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> but he just shows up in, like, in the nick of time. And, super. Right. Super Nick. He's like, look, I understand you. I understand what you're going through. You're a misfit. I'm here mm-hmm. for you. I love you and I want to be with you. Yeah. Same thing with Sarah in a sense, but not into the I love you thing like he was with Ziggy, but mm-hmm. on the yeah. same kind of context in a little bit where you actually have that whole entire thing of caring for somebody. Right. Now, as far as the plot twist goes and everything, remember I texted you, Tamara, that night. I'm like, WTF, capital <laughs> exclamation point. Yeah, and I remember. I'm like, what? I said, <laughs> I told you. I told you. <laughs> I told you it was going right? to be a twist. <laughs> right. And you don't, but once you see it come together, once you see the things that you missed, mm-hmm. it adds up because mm-hmm. yeah. he pinned the stuff on the dro- of the kids going crazy at the supermarket. Yep. Then he gets elected as the big sheriff. Yep. And also, too, there's also an emblem of the devil in everything, too, that indicates that he made the deal with the devil mm-hmm. and everything, too, at that podium at that high school mm-hmm. that we don't even see. And we're, I'm like, okay, this all connects. It's all coming together. And then yeah. once you find out Ziggy called him and they're like, wait, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you called Nick. He is after us. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what do you mean he's after yeah. us? Nick the witch. What? He's the warlock. What? What? <laughs> he's the one that killed my sister. What? Like little John. What? what? But yeah. <laughs> I did but like no. the janitor scene when Josh came to him and asked him to help them uh, yeah. get Nick, and he was like, "Oh, it's on." Because that's when he realized that Nick was the one that did all the spray painting and it put a blame on him. And he was like, God, motherfucker. <laughs> he's also, like, I gotta get him. Also, too, whenever he's right. just over there smoking a little roach on the porch and everything, and yeah. all of a sudden you see yeah. the cop car pull up, he goes, What are you doing? He goes, We're gonna kill Nick Good. Wanna come? He goes, Let me get my jacket. <laughs> I love that. That was like the best <laughs> scene ever because I think that's where he wanted to do. He wanted to kill Nick so bad. Right. It's great. Very good. Very then, good. Then I also like the offspring of gotta keep them separated. Yeah. As a way to keep 
the ghosts and everything at bay. And I thought that was perfect. I'm like, gotta keep them separated. And then I'm, I'm like, just jamming out to it. And then, of course, I see Gadzooks. I used to shop there as a kid. Got my Limp Biscuit t-shirt uh, t-shirt over there. And also, perfect. too, <laughs> then I get a fun little fact this is, uh, and everything, too. I remember when it was so many years, like, I think it was like two or three years later, I went into Gadzooks. I see uh, panties, bras. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, um, where's your men's clothing? <laughs> like, he goes, oh, uh, they're in the back. There's not much of a selection anymore. I'm like, but you can get a brush for your girlfriend. I said, I don't have one of those. <laughs> that was me at 17. Oh wow! That's, that's when they transitioned over. It's like, right? Oh, we're I'm gonna like, become a sex store, but everything else is back there. If you want right. regular stuff, they're like the the Spencers or kind of thing. Yes, like it's the Spencers, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I was that, like, like at first, I was like, there are there are several things in the Fear Street trilogy that I think once it got to like pushed to netflix it was going to become like done through netflix mm -hmm. so many things that they did was so similar to stranger things for yep. me i was like this is this is stranger <sighs> things this is just stranger things it's like we had to wait so long for a new stranger things series so they just gave us this and so yes. i felt like that sometimes and so then when it was like gonna end in the mall at first i was just like like, this is two Stranger Things. Like, season three of Stranger Things is all in the mall. Like, this is too much. But then once they get going and they're, like, setting up all their stuff, you know, and the music, and then you see some of the stores, I was like, no, this is the 90s. Like, they did a great job of making that mall look like it was in the 90s. And they, they had, um, like, the with the black lights. And everything that they did with the squirt guns and stuff, I was just like, this was done really well. I was mm -hmm. really happy about that scene. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I was like, it is bring back memories on how it was. Like, you know, mm -hmm. excuse me. It's like, I just like that. I'm just like, oh, wow, look at all the clothes. Look at all the memories in the mall. It's like, we don't see that no more. Everything nope. is just like, who, like, you see people in the mall, but it's just like, nah. It's like all boring looking and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm just like, this was perfect. I want to go back to the 90s. Yeah. The little, um, like, you know, restaurant or whatever, mm -hmm. or food counter that they were like hiding behind and they had sandbag there. Was that a pizza place? Yeah. I yeah. Was. It was. Okay. That made me really happy because in almost every single Fair Street book, Okay, I'm probably lying here because I haven't read all of them. But in almost all the first year books I read, the kids go to Pete's Pizza. That's yep. just a place in Shadyside it is Pete's Pizza. So, of course, they didn't call this Pete's Pizza. But I loved that that, that like, was such a huge part of the ending was this little, like, pizza area. And I loved, mm -hmm. like, every time they'd, like, slide over the counter, you know, and they kept mm -hmm. standing back there and stuff. It was great. So that little part made me happy even if that wasn't intentional <laughs> i took it that way i'm just surprised like, that they named for it. the fear street fans yeah because i'm surprised they didn't name it pizza pizza i should have well it, I, wonder, I wonder if that has anything to do with little caesars though since their slogan is pizza pizza uh, yeah. so it might be a little bit of a conflict it might i don't know 
But maybe my daughter is saying, "Uh oh," so it's probably is a possibility. <laughs> okay, I'll go after. Maybe here. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry about that. But, you know, I thought that the mall scene was good and everything, mm -hmm. too. The way it was shot, it was different than Stranger Things Season 3. I did feel mm -hmm. Stranger Things vibes inside the mall itself and everything mm -hmm. and things like that. But I definitely like the water gun idea of taking down um, taking down Nick Good and spraying him with the blood mm -hmm. and everything. I love that idea. And then, of course, I like whenever they bring the janitor guy, when Josh and him are having a moment, he's those... Look, man, tell me what's really going on. He goes, okay. So he brings him over. Yeah. To yeah. <laughs> he's like, I love that. It's like, we got a white girl tied up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was so funny. She's like, ah, ah. He's like okay. <laughs> yeah, so many great yeah. moments in that. Yeah. I like that when. Um, because I think he was with Ziggy. Mm -hmm. I think they were paired together when the cop, like cops come into the mall before the right. monsters and before Nick. Uh -huh. Like, you know, pull the guns on him. Like, you know, hands in the air, whatever. And then I think Ziggy's like yelling at them like you know you you need to get out of here you know what you're doing but he's like no 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 <laughs> Put your hands up. Like, we're fine we're fine i'm just loving it i love so many things that he did yeah he was hilarious i loved it but one thing i just want to try to realize why did the ghost kill the cops because they didn't have mm. her blood that's true were they, were they supposed to go after dina Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah so That's a good yeah. point the ghost killed both of the cops so did they spray the cops no because as soon as the this one cop comes in right mm -hmm. um you see this other uh, one of them winds up stabbing him or something and yeah he was he wasn't even wearing the blood or anything which is crazy so i'm like okay That's so I, was thinking I mean, this. he might have been, like, standing in, like, the stream that they squirt on the ground, but, like, I don't know if that's enough that would make them do that. It's possible, well, but... Don't forget, though, there was actually a blood stain on somebody's shoe, and the ghost went after that person because they had that person's blood on their shoe, so... That was sure. Dina. Yeah, so... Yeah. So I guess so it, it can't be explained, but it's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, right. it is. Because that's another thing I was thinking about like in the hospital is like, why did they kill the two nurses mm -hmm. and the boy if they were going after Hannah? Because mm -hmm. hmm. I, I know the nurse at the nursing station most definitely wouldn't have Hannah's blood because she's at the nursing station. Mm -hmm. And I can understand the boyfriend having her blood because he was the one that brought her to the hospital. So maybe right. that's the reason why he got he got stabbed. But still, why the nurses? Mm -hmm. Right. That's, so was, that's probably like cool. another thing. Mm -hmm. I, I was trying to figure that out when that happened, when that scene happened. I was like, they have her blood on them? Like, right. That's a good point. 
Right. There's a few little questionable things that happens in this movie where mm-hmm. these movies and everything is like, okay, you need to really go ahead and explain yourself on certain scenes. And that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Because think of it like this. You have these ghosts, you're separating them, they're wa- and they're even walking past the kids. So you mean to tell me, okay, so they're not going to go in ahead and hurt the kids, but yet they're going to hurt the cops mm-hmm. who don't even have the blood or anything on them. Yeah, because yeah. they, they did like, like a big old circle, so. Right. Right, like I think the first cop is confusing because... I think they just like stab him or something from behind. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that seems unexplained. But then the yeah. second cop, he starts shooting the guy. Yeah. So I feel like they might kill you if you're like trying to kill them. Like that would make sense to mm-hmm. me, I guess. Like they, a cop standing like shooting, I think is the milkman guy, just shooting him, shooting him, shooting him, shooting him. And then the milkman guy just like turns around and kills him. Like that makes a little bit of sense to me because it's like you're being shoot by this person. But mm-hmm. the other cop didn't really make sense to me. Like you said, I was, he was just standing there. Yeah. He right. was just standing there. facing them. Yeah. He was like, it was like here. He's like, throw me the, the, the water gun. And they push it to him. And that's when he's like, ching. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. But then, you know, know, I I definitely like this scene, though, where they spray the uh, blood on the ghost and everything, and then they're all killing each other. Mm -hmm. That was so fun. That That was was fun to watch. That was fun. (laughs) Yeah. They was like, oh, she... Super silly, but it was fun. Definitely. (laughs) They kill each other, and they all die, and they came back to life. And they just come back. (laughs) (laughs) They just regenerate after a while and everything. It's all good. And then also, too... I like how this mall connects all the way up to Solomon's, uh, sacri- you know, Solomon's place and everything. Yeah. yeah. And how, he's a- how easily he is to actually move around and manipulate things without people right. even noticing And that it him. comes out like at his house or whatever. Yeah. And I remember when, or I was, I watched this with my husband last night and the 1666. He hadn't seen the movies yet. And, you know, when they come out at the end, they're like in this mansion. And he was like confused by it or whatever. But I'm like, look, like this is the cop's like home. Like, look how like well he lives compared mm-hmm. to everyone else in Shady Side. Like because mm-hmm. they like are wealthy and they prosperous and stuff because of this witchcraft. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was so great. I really liked that. I think like Me too. even like uh Sam and Dina's like faces as they're like walking around this house because it's so extravagant really compared to anything they've seen mm-hmm. and that was his house it was yeah. so, it was just kind of strange you know yeah. I don't think that they expected that and I like that they added that at the end to show that like um he was like um benefiting from this cur- like this curse and mm-hmm. witchcraft more than just like being sheriff or something you know what i mean like he was just living a really great life because yeah of that. right yeah because i thought that was really interesting as well and just like mm-hmm. wow but then i also thought that the brother was involved too because i thought that that was the brother's house not the sheriff's house <laughs> i don't yeah. know why i didn't think it was the sheriff's house but I just thought that was his brother's house. I think it's house. in Sunnyvale. So yeah. you would right. have thought that. But I at least took it that. I mean, it had like the the family tree. Yeah. Good family. So it could have been either. But I was talking. I, I The way I was thinking about it is that I think that 
for me to find any credibility in this movie, (laughs) I have to believe that for the good family that it passes down, that it Mm -hmm. goes to like the firstborn or something, because Mm -hmm. I just don't, I just tried the way I saw it is that the brother who was younger because mm-hmm. we saw him at the camp. He's a counselor. So he's a mayor of Sunnyvale. And he's like living a prosperous life as well. But I think just because he's a good. But I be- had to believe that he didn't know anything about it. Because mm-hmm. if all these ghosts go into dust when Nick Good was stabbed in the eye, then it I have to look at it that way to know that it's just one person that it's passed through. So it was like Nick goods like dad passed it to him but like his brother doesn't know about it is not a part of it because if he was then the curse wouldn't be over just because nick died right so like that's right. how i looked through it i was like it must be like a firstborn type situation mm-hmm. right because uh, okay now i get it now yeah because it does it does mention the firstborn mm-hmm. and everything so it yeah, does make sense in that right. context mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also, too, you also see another family member that's related to them after they wind up killing Nick. And then that person winds up dying. Mm-hmm. gets run over. But yeah. I was telling Hannah this before we got started. I said they missed an opportunity when it came down to being in that mansion. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like that that would have been a perfect opening to have R.L. Stein mm-hmm. being in that mansion. And these mm-hmm. characters that he wrote about mm-hmm. comes running up to him. And trying to get him to save him uh, save them and everything and these are the mm-hmm. characters that he wrote about and he's actually <laughs> <Yeah>. trying to <laughs> because i think that would have actually put a, would have been pretty cool to actually see and then you know all of a sudden rl stein steps uh he says look i gotta get going i don't have time for this or whatever and next thing you know he gets in this car next thing you know it he dies right <laughs> so excuse me Okay, but yeah, R.L. Stein has actually done a couple of cameos and stuff like that in the Goosebumps series and stuff like that. So I was actually yeah. expecting it, and then when I didn't, I'm like, okay, this kind of let me down. But I'm like, okay, yeah. good is dead, <laughs> so <laughs> I can move on from my sadness, my infinite sadness. Because um, <laughs> you're not probably not the only one who was thinking that, because it's like a lot of people who are around our age who used to read Goosebumps or Fear Street back in the day, that's probably what we're hoping for, to see him mm-hmm. in the movie. And I'm like, okay, where is he? Okay, he's not here. <laughs> what the heck? Right. <laughs> How's it go? I'd have been happy if he was in that movie. So Me too. But yeah, then of course you get Josh and uh, all them back again and everything, and everything's... Uh, I also like how there's actually a happy ending for Josh. Mm-hmm. I know. Now, I loved that. Me like, too. Oh, Josh, you finally got a love now. <laughs> Even though his first of darkness or something. I yeah, his first love was like her head got in pieces. But he has another one. I mean, can we talk about that for a second? Okay, I know we're not talking about that movie, but that is a gripe that I have. Is like. 
I loved the friendship between the three, like mm-hmm. uh, Simon, I think, and yeah, Simon. Kate, is that her name? Simon and, and Kate, yeah. And then Dina, they're, they're kind of friends. But, like, how did these people get to, like, be connected? So a cheerleader is, like, best friends with someone on the marching band. And she's a cheerleader, but she's, like, the drug dealer of the school. <laughs> I was so confused. I'm like, these things are not lining up here. She Isn't she, like, valedictorian or something? Yeah. yeah. It's always the smart ones. She's all over the place. Like, she's Miss Popular, she's the smart kid, and she's the druggie. I don't get it. It's like... It's always the smart ones back there. Back in the day, it's always the smart ones, the druggie, the cheerleader, and... Yep. (laughs) At least in my school. Yeah. (laughs) She was all three. She gets away with it. No one would suspect that she's the one dealing Mm -hmm. with all the pills to the kids in school. Exactly. But yet, they were the ones that killed all the people. Yeah. Okay, Nick. Nice try, Nick. Nice try. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought it was. I thought the way they ended it was perfect. I mm-hmm. thought having Josh have somebody now they can connect with, and then of course you have uh, Dina driving off to see Sam and spending time with her and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and then it just ends on that note where basically it uncovers all the goods, like every single thing down the line, and ratting him out. On yeah. who he actually is, and that spell mm-hmm. is actually broken. So now mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about their town being cursed or supposedly being cursed because there's mm-hmm. other stuff that goes on in Shade Side besides st- yeah. uh, besides that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think yeah, there's some pros and some cons with this as well. Mm-hmm. But if here's the thing for our audience, our audio listeners, or our video listeners, and stuff like that, if you're a fan of Fair Street, you might put away some of the negativities and stuff like that because you know what you're expecting in a sense mm-hmm. but for someone that isn't into the fair street novels someone that's not uh, into this world yet and reading your first book you're not going to end up having the nostalgia factor that we have and we appreciate mm-hmm. from it so therefore it's going to take you out of it and there comes that negativity of this may not be for me mm-hmm. and stuff like that because we are glued, we're enticed into what R.L. Stein has done mm-hmm. and everything. And this is, here's the thing, I've seen some bad reviews lately and stuff like that where people are just trashing it. I'm like, you just, and not even giving an explanation of why they don't like it. It's like yeah. two, two kids arguing. In, yeah. yeah, you went in with a certain idea. Yeah. Not gonna go to dance, you know? mm-hmm. Right. Because I guess it's like, it, it might have the newer generation wouldn't probably understand. I guess they're like Generation Z or something like that. They probably wouldn't understand unless, like you said, if they read the books. Because if they don't read the books and they just watch the movie, they probably wouldn't get it. You just have to really get into R.L. Stein books so that you can understand the whole situation. It's not going to be big. Like, it's it's just the name Fear Street. Like, again, for me, when I was in high school, I only re- read the third evil and the second evil. I didn't even have a chance to read the first evil. I don't know why, but I was just weird back in the day. <laughs> okay. And I also have the stepsister too. So I love Fear Street and I wish I had more books, but I really recommend people, Generation Z, millennials, maybe boomers. I don't know. But read the books because they're really, really good. 
Yeah. You know? I will say that, um, so my husband watched it, them with me. He does not, he has not read, well, he's read a couple of Fear Street, but only because of me. <laughs> he did, he is into, he was into Goosebumps as a kid, so he has that, like, tie to R.L. Stein. Mm-hmm. But he's just a horror movie lover. Mm-hmm. And then I, the first time I watched them, the three movies, I watched them with my best friend. She's never read any Fear Street or Goosebumps books. That's not something from her childhood. She still never read them, mm-hmm. but she liked horror movies and she watched them all with me. And we had a great time. Like we were laughing. We were cringing at the horror scenes, like mm-hmm. the blood scenes. Like she loved it. I mean, she might've had some issues like with the third one, like mm-hmm. it seemed long or this right. or some goofy things here. Like that's unbelievable, but that's every horror movie. Like that's what's so great about horror, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that there will be a lot of horror um, movie and television lovers who could watch these movies and enjoy them, even if they've never read the books. I would right. still suggest, like, I would, like, um, recommend these movies to some of my friends who are really into just fun horror movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Teen slashers. Or, like, they like the show Scream Queens, you know, mm-hmm. or they like just some of the older Halloween mo- or the Halloween movies and, you know, uh, Freddy and um, scream. And just, mm-hmm. there were even some things in the movies that I was like, that's scream. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like yeah. horror movie lovers will enjoy these, even if they don't read the books, I think. Mm. Um, and if they criticize them like to the bone, then that's just the kind of movie critic that they are. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like, right. <laughs> Some people just like to watch movies to tear them apart. And I'm like, you do you, bro. But like, I think that people could love these even if they do- haven't read them. But mm-hmm. hopefully it will. People might watch them who haven't read the books and it will like, you know, get them excited to go out and find the book somewhere and start reading them. Or maybe they've read them when they were in middle school and they've got them. They still have them like in a trunk up in the attic and now mm-hmm. they're like I gotta get those books back out and read them like mm-hmm. I love that that's what these movies are doing yeah too. Mm-hmm. there's a huge appreciation for it and stuff mm-hmm. like that um, Tamara I know that there was something that you wanted to ask Hannah last week I know that you wrote that down in your notes or oh I wanted to know where you got your books from <laughs> yeah <laughs> well excuse me I was I, I had mentioned this to John, but it's almost it's very hard to find books right now. So mm-hmm. I started my podcast two over two years ago uh, when they announced that they were making these movies. Um, so the movies were announced. I knew that Gillian Jacobs was going to be in one of them. She ended up playing a completely different role than I thought she would. Um, so I was like, I want to watch those. And I was like, I'm going to get these books and read them and do podcasts uh, leading up to these movies coming out. I had never read them as a kid and I didn't own any of them. Well, that was over two years ago. The movies, even if they were announced Mm-hmm. not very many people knew that these movies were coming out yet. Mm-hmm. So I was getting them on like thriftbooks.com or discoverbooks.com or, um, you know, you might find them on eBay or something. Mm-hmm. Or I had friends who knew um, like online friends who knew I was like starting this, like to read these. And if they'd see them at like their half price bookstores or Goodwill or something, they'd buy them for me and like mail them to me. Like that's how I was getting them. But you know, and I I'd find them on thrift books or discover books or something usually like four or five book 
bucks a book. Some mm. books may be a little higher if they're more rare, mm -hmm. but I never paid more than like seven or eight dollars for a book. Well, right now, since the movies have come out, I mean, you're I'm gonna you're gonna pay at least like twenty dollars for one of the books. Or I, I, more. Some of them on eBay, they'll sell them for $55, $60. I'm just like, oh, my God. So sadly. And then the, the places I did buy them, like I mentioned, Thrift Books. And uh, I think Discovery Books is one of them. Or Book Outlet. Um, you can't. They just don't even have them on those sites. They are just wiped clean, you know. But really the only place that I think people are going to be able to buy them right now is through eBay or some other site that people people are reselling their books and unfortunately those people are just trying to make a penny and they're gonna mark them up so yeah right. you're right because um i'm a little salty about it yeah I am too. Uh, back in the day i paid two dollars and 98 cents for the third evil right there you go 169 dollars for the first evil the third evil, that one you just showed, um, I just bought that on eBay for, I think I got it for like $14 mm -hmm. with shipping. I was like, okay, I can justify spending that much because I have right. the first and second, but I don't have the third. Yeah. And I haven't even read the first and second, but I was like, I have to have all three. <laughs> and so I found it on eBay um, and it was like, and I got the bid or whatever was like $14 and I was like, okay, I can justify that. But yeah, I put a bid on another one and I kept getting outbid. And the last time I checked, it was like over $60. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I am not spending that much money for this bike yeah. as badly as I want it. I just felt like people are crazy it. selling these yep. books for that much. I'm just like, sheesh, I guess I can understand why you want to sell it that much. But that's too much. I'm not paying that much for a book. I am not doing it. Right. No, even though I do for comics, but, <laughs> but that's right. right. <laughs> that's a different I story. I spend too much money on books as it is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Same. So Same as well. I've got to dial it back. <laughs> but I, good luck to you i hope you can find some you know but you're gonna have to work for it like oh, I, I, looked, I spent like an hour i think searching all kinds of sites to find at least one book with a good deal so yeah i'm gonna That's search the for the first the first and second evil i if i have the second evil i have to go back and look for it but I know I found the third evil and stepsisters too. So if I can't find the second evil, I have to get first and second evil so I can read it in order. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm supposed to. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, um, Hannah, where can everybody reach you at if they want to follow you? Sure. I just recently made an Instagram account for my podcast. Like I said, I've had the show for over two years, but I just made an Instagram so I can connect with people. So it's just at Fear Street Book Club. Um, and then my podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, but yeah, definitely reach out to me on Instagram. I'm loving uh, meeting people and talking about Fear Street. So that's where you can find me. All right. And Tamara, where can everybody reach you at? You and Tamika. Um, you can reach us at Two Blurred Girls um, Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us at Two Blurred Girls Podcast on Facebook, Blurred Two Girls on Twitter, and Two Blurred Girls underscore podcast on Instagram. And we're also going to be, we're, you can listen to us on um, 
Apple Music or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or any other places that, you know, supports podcast people. Okay. And Mm -hmm. guys, another thing though, too, is going ahead and give us a review out on Good Pods. Good Pods is so much better and so much smoother than Apple Podcasts, to be honest with you. You can rate each episode, give us a five-star uh, review on each episode or tell us what you didn't like about a certain episode and stuff like that. And we can actually interact with you that way though too and comment and all that other good stuff. Good pods is definitely a great way to interact with fans and also to introduce other people to new podcasts. You can also share certain episodes and stuff like that. It's a much smoother, cleaner uh, app than uh, Apple Podcasts and I strongly recommend it for anybody that's doing podcasting or if you listen to podcasts, I strongly recommend that as well. Uh, another thing too is if you guys want to go on ahead and follow us at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook and on Instagram, and also too on Pinterest as well. And then of course, you know, if you guys want to go on ahead and donate to the page, how do you do that? You just go on ahead, head over to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Unite podcast and hit that donate button if you want to go on ahead and donate five to ten dollars to us just to keep the lights here on at Movie Lovers Unite. You guys don't have to if you don't want to. A simple like, a simple share goes a long way. So smash that share button, smash that like button. Also, too, if you want to reach out to us and you're a sponsor, just go on ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And then, of course, for all your entertainment needs and wants, go to movieloversunite.com. And then you can follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. And, of course, on Stereo as well, because we do a couple of episodes on Stereo from time to time. And then tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, Charlie will be back on the show with me. And we're going to do our Fast and the Furious 7. This is par- this is actually part of our, part of our Furious Fridays uh, episodes of us reviewing uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise. We're almost done. We only have two more after this, and that will be the end of the Fast and the Furious franchise. We just dropped our Rambo uh, review for Rambo 4, and we're wrapping that up soon, too. So go on ahead, check us out, wherever you guys get your podcasts from. And it's always a pleasure to have you on it, Tamara, as well. And then thank you, Hannah, for joining me. And I hope that we collab in the future as yeah. well. Later thank on. you for having me. You're welcome anytime. It's, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. And everybody, always until next time, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye. Bye. See ya.